let me tell you a story. So two days ago, I went fishing with my dad. And typically when we go fishing, we just wade in the river. But because it's fall and the weather's cool and it was a cold day, I put on my rubber boots and tried, uh, decided that I was going to try to keep my feet dry and just rock hop my way up this brook. <clears throat> and it, it went well. It went fine. I, I ended the day without getting wet. Uh, it involved a lot of strategically reading the landscape and deciding where to go based on this idea that I needed to hop from rock to rock to rock. And there's this one point in the, the trip when I had gotten pretty far up this line of rocks only to realize that I just, there was this jump that I could maybe make. It was going to require me to jump to a mostly submerged rock that I had no way of knowing if it was tippy or how slippery it was. There was a bit of moss on it, but, and from there make another leap to a sort of slanty rock that was dry. And I hovered there for a long time. And my dad decided that at that point he was just going to slosh his way through and get his shoes wet. And he said, don't, don't, don't test it. You know, backtrack or get your feet wet, but don't risk turning an ankle. And I really did not want to backtrack. Because looking back at the river, it wasn't clear how far back I was going to have to go to get to the other side. <clears throat> it wasn't like it was just go back a little ways. I was going to have to go back a ways. But I eventually decided not to make the leap. And I was going to backtrack. And you know what happened once I started to backtrack? was the calculation in my head of how long something took shifted. When I was standing there, really resistant to backtracking, it felt like it was going to take forever to get back to where I was on this part of the river if I went back. But as soon as I started backtracking, that was just my new reality. And... You know what? Within five minutes, I was back to where I had been. But without the risk of injury and without wet feet. I think it's so hard in life to remember this at moments when we might need to backtrack. To give up ground we have already gained. And I was thinking about this particularly as it relates to what I've been talking about with pricing. That, you know, in the best of all possible worlds, you price your work. And this will, you know, this really only makes sense to people who are trying to sell something that they make. But I'll get back to how it relates to larger things in a second. But you price <coughs> your work. And ideally, you're able to increase your prices over time. But 
what do you do if you misjudge things? What do you do if you set your price too high? Because you're not reading the signals properly. And then your demand dries up. Or what if demand just dries up for outside reasons that have nothing to do with you? Or what if you set your price too high, but then you still have demand, but not for the amount of growth that you would like to have? Well, then one option you have is to backtrack by lowering your prices. I've had to do this once over the years. When I started carving spoons, I was charging $10 a spoon, just selling them locally. Then I went up to $20 a spoon, <clears throat> again, just selling them locally at Christmas time. It mostly sold. And then Is that a car coming? Genuinely can't tell. Um, and then because I did a poor job looking at the river ahead of me and recognizing that I was following people who whose pricing really had nothing to do with what I should be charging, I decided that I was going to start charging far more for my work, right at a point when I was also shifting from sanding my work into uh, knife finishing my work. So the quality, the the objective quality of my work had gone down, and yet I was increasing my price at $25 to $30 a spoon. And demand for my work fell off a cliff. I also basically had, you know, I, I was trying to sell online, and I had a tiny, tiny following. And I had an inflated sense of how good my work was. And I had to make the, the painful in the, in the moment decision to backtrack with my price. What I did was I cut my prices in half. And eating spoons that I was trying to sell for $25, I sold for 12 Cooking spoons I was trying to sell for $30, I sold for 15 And all of a sudden, it worked. And things started to sell again. And really fast. And I went from no momentum to a lot of momentum. Not overnight, but over the course of a month or so. And it all happened because I was willing to backtrack and give up ground on my price. But you know what? Just as it was with the river, once I started backtracking, I stopped thinking about how I'd felt when I was in that position where I was stuck and contemplating sort of a scary leap. And instead I started thinking about, wow, okay, this is going really fast. Here I am. I'm almost caught up to where I was. And once you make that uh, decision to abandon your sunk costs and, and to backtrack, right, all the things that you... That, all the effort that took you to where you were before you had to backtrack. Once you truly let go of the, that and start to backtrack, you, you focus on the present and you just work from where you are now. And it's a much healthier place to be. <clears throat> and 
I think this is the thing about backtracking is that right before you make the choice to backtrack to reduce your price or to go back to school or to otherwise stop pursuing something that isn't working out and go back to some some earlier point it can be very painful to recognize that that's what you need to do but once you turn yourself around and start heading in that new direction well then that's what orients you and that new direction becomes forward not backwards Thanks for listening. Talk tomorrow.